0: Well, thank you and be seated. Welcome to Oak Ridge Baptist Church again. Henry Ward Beecher once said, On the first day of January, start with a fresh page. Take up one hole more in the buckle if necessary, or let down one according to the circumstances. But on the first of January, let every man gird himself once more with his face to the front and take no interest in the things that were and are past. Today's January 1st, 2023, amen? Many of you probably didn't believe you were gonna see this year, right? But you've made it, and we're glad that you're here. It's the day, as Chris alluded to, that many resolutions have been made. Uh, some of them uh, are kept some of them are never started after they make them right Uh, I was in a conversation recently with a a person and we were talking about uh, some struggles that they were having in their life and things that they were dealing with and they were very frustrated uh, that they weren't seeing progression or things doing better uh, with those things that they were struggling with so I began to talk to him I said well you know sometimes we get to focusing on uh, the totality of an issue let's kind of come down to what's that first step that we could take it's kind of that idea of how to eat an elephant right one bite at a time and so uh, one of the areas that they were having problems with was uh, with internet pornography and so uh, I just asked the question I said what are you doing what uh, what what filters or what parental control what are the things that you're putting in place on all your electronic devices that would help with that Uh, and the answer was well I'm not that serious yet (laughs) and uh, you know you kind of look at that and and uh Uh, I kind of chuckled out loud and that person chuckled out loud because uh, they literally understood um, the struggle that they were having was because they weren't willing to do what was necessary and how counterintuitive it was uh, to know that there's something that they wanted to accomplish, but they just weren't willing uh, to take those Actions And I share that with an example as an example with you this morning uh, because the reason why so many resolutions will be broken this year, uh, why so many of them really never do get off the shelf uh, when we make those is because we're not willing to take that first step. We're not willing to make that commitment of what it takes to do that. But uh, I've got a feeling if you and I went to the doctor as soon as services were over and, and we beelined it to the emergency room and, and we sat down with the doctor and the doctor looked at us and said, hey, I think it's a really good idea that you lose weight this year. Uh, I think it's really good that you do whatever's necessary to remove some of those stressors Uh, That are in your life. I think it's really a smart thing for you to figure out how to be a better spouse or how to be a better parent or have more patience. I think that's really a good idea because if you do not take action in those areas, you're going to die in six months. Now, if that was the response to the things that were going on in our life by someone that we trusted to give us the truth, I've got a feeling that would be an impetus in each and every one of our lives to say, "Okay, I've got to get serious. I've got I've got to get down to what it takes to make this change that is in my life. And so that's what I hope today's message is able to do for us. I pray that it shows us how to. Make some decisions that will revolutionize 2023 for us. I hope it gives us the impetus to be more intentional and to be uh, more particular about the things that we do and the reasons. Uh, Behind that. So, if you know much about me or you've spent much time with me, you know uh, that one of my favorite books in the New Testament is the book of James. And so, this morning, I hope you've brought your Bibles with you, and I'm going to invite you to turn with me to James uh, chapter 4. It's there that we find the principles that I want to share with you today that hopefully will help revolutionize 2023 for each and every one of us. Three principles here in James chapter four that hopefully will be a blessing to you. And the first principle I wanna share with you that I believe would help most of us revolutionize 2023 is, it begins with appreciating time. Just appreciate time. Someone wrote, once wrote this poem, it says, uh, just a tiny little minute, only 60 seconds in it. Didn't seek it, didn't choose it. I must suffer if I lose it give account if I abuse it just a tiny little minute but eternity is in it we appreciate many things in our lives and we should but I wonder how often that we appreciate the fact that we are given a minute that we are given time that we're given the opportunity to be able to live here on this earth we need to appreciate time there are several reasons for that one would be time is a precious commodity We probably don't think about it in that way very often, but it is a precious commodity. Look at James chapter 4 and verse 14. It says, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. In the uh, NIV 84 translation, uh, it kind of asks that uh, proverbial question that so many deal with. It says, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? This word life that we find in the original languages in which the New Testament was written is the Greek word zoe, and it speaks of the totality of life. It's talking about life as God gives it. It's talking about the life that is given to us by a gracious and by a generous God who is the source and who is the sustainer of the totality of our life. I ran across an article recently that's entitled, How Do We Value Life? And here's some of the questions that it asked in that article. It says, how much should we value one year? Ask a student who failed a grade. How much should we value one month? Ask a mother whose baby arrived prematurely. How much should we value one week? Ask a pastor that has to get a message ready every Sunday morning, right? Uh, someone once said that uh, getting sermons ready every week are like uh, having a baby on Sunday and finding out you're pregnant on Monday morning. <laughs> I mean, it's just always coming at you, right? Um, how much should we value one hour? Ask someone who sits beside their terminally ill loved one. How much should we value one minute? Ask someone who missed a plane or a very important appointment that can never be rescheduled. How much should we value one second? Ask the Olympian who missed out on a medal by less than one second. You see, life is this complex matrix of, uh, of events and people and contingencies and circumstances over which oftentimes we really do have little or no control whatsoever. And so James reminds us here in James chapter 4 and verse 14, he says, pay very close attention. He says, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. In other words, the time that you have today, the time that you possess right now, that time is a precious commodity because time is a passing matter. Time is a passing matter. My mama Mert, my mother's mother, uh, she lived with us for many years. But before that, she, uh, she lived in Ada, Oklahoma. And I remember in the summertime, we would go and visit her and we would have all kinds of activities and things to do. But when it came time for one life to live, come on, everything shut down at grandma Mert's house. Does anybody remember that life, one, one, that, that soap, one life to live? Does anybody ever remember how it opens up? Like the sands of the hourglass. So are the days of our life, right? Anybody remember that? You can raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Some of you are watching that today. I know it's kind of the new version that's with that. Life passes quickly, is what that statement makes like, like, like time in an hourglass. It just passes so quickly. But I like James's definition of, the, uh, of time a lot better here in verse 14. He says, You do not know what your life will be like tomorrow, you are just a vapor. ...that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Someone accurately said, time never comes to stay, it always comes to go. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. This word vapor that we find here, it's only used two times in the New Testament... It's used once here in this passage of Scripture in James, and it's used in Acts chapter 2, quoting a passage from the Old Testament that says, And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Scientific researchers have estimated that a lightning bolt lasts 45 to 55 microseconds. I know nothing about this, but they also say that running shoes last somewhere between uh, 350 and 500 miles of use. A pencil can write up to 30,000 words. A ballpoint pen can draw a line 7,500 feet long. A 100-watt bulb lasts 750 hours. A 25-watt bulb lasts 25,000 hours. And a dollar bill will last in circulation around 18 months. Aren't y'all not impressed with that trivial information that you've received? But the, the theological researcher, not the scientific researcher, but the theological researcher James says, when it comes to measuring our life, here's the best way that I can equate it. Here's the best way that I can give you an understanding just how long life and the time that incorporates your life really is. He says it's a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. What in the world does that look like? Friday afternoon, Lane and I were at home and I received a call from, uh, uh, from Chris and Breanne Combs and they're at Torrey Pines in, uh, outside of San Diego, California. Uh, when I was on active duty at Marine Corps Base uh, Camp Pendleton, I had the privilege to walk this golf course I never got to play it, kind of one of my bucket list things. But when the tide is coming in, uh, and those waves hit against those rocks and those, those cliffs, there's this massive mist of, of seawater that comes up. And the mist, when it hits the rock, and it just comes up, and it's just amazing how much that there is. And it'll literally almost kind of soak you, and then it's here for a moment, and then it's gone. That's the best picture that James could come up with to help us understand in the scope of eternity, in the scope of the eons of time that ever have been and ever will be that will never come to an end. That's the best way that he could come up with to measure what life is all about. It's precious. It passes quickly because it's just like this saltwater mist, this vapor that is here for a moment and then it passes away. In his book, Success Over Stress, The 12 Ways to Take Back Your Life, a Christian counselor by the name of H. Norman Wright mentions an article that the article is entitled this. If you are 35, how many of you are 35 years old today? Raise your hand, be proud. Little punks, you know, uh, (laughs) right? It says there, it says, if you are 35, if you're 35, you have 500 days to live. I thought the average year of life was 71 years. What in the world does that mean? Well, the article states that when you subtract the time that you spend sleeping, working, tending to personal matters, eating, uh, traveling, doing the chores that you have, attending to your personal hygiene, all those miscellaneous time wasters that we do with checking Facebook and making sure we're seeing who's checking us out on on Instagram and all this. When you add all of that time together, when you live to be 71, then for 36 years you really only have 500 days. 500 days to live. So it poses this question, when all of the necessary things are done, when all of the necessary things are accomplished in your life, How will you spend the time that you have left? John Blanchard said, The moment a man is born, he begins to die. Death could come at any moment by design, disease, disaster, or decay. Man is not here to stay. He is here to go. I remember in 2003 when Carson was born, and I was sitting there holding him in the the hospital room. I thought... Man, he's going to be the class of 2022. I'm going to be 54 years old when that kid graduates. I can't believe that. Today's January the 1st, 2023. It came a lot quicker than I ever imagined. It came at a time that I didn't realize. I I can remember childhood memories. I can remember high school memories. I can remember my time on active duty like they were just yesterday. But they weren't yesterday. They're the years ago, and many years ago, and, 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 and I've sat where many of you are, at, in your 30s and in your 40s, and you're like, man, I have life in front of me. And in your 16s, and next thing you know, it goes by just like that. All this time that we have, it begins to shrink and get smaller and smaller and smaller. There were people with us last year that are no longer with us this year. There are people with us today that will not be with us this time next year. Maybe that's why the principle that I see that James is trying to help us understand is we need to appreciate the time that we have. It's, it's a precious commodity and it's a passing matter. So that brings us to the second, uh, second principle that would make perfect sense in light of that is we better learn to steward our time. James 4 verse 14 he says yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away instead you ought to say if the Lord wills we will live and also do this or that I'm sure every person in this room this morning you've thought about 2023 and you have some plans and you have some things that you want to accomplish As you know, the end of February, Lane and I will be uh, headed out on our sabbatical, and we're in the process of finalizing the plans that we have for that trip. And in this passage of Scripture, James says, there's nothing wrong with making plans unless your plans fail to include God. Listen very carefully. There's nothing wrong with making plans. There's nothing wrong with forecasting, doing all those things, unless you do that void of God. In essence, what we find in this passage of Scripture, the principle is uh, James is teaching us that if you, you, you have to be very careful to make sure that you don't make it God fitting into your plans. Instead, it should be your life fitting into God's plans and using the time that he gives you for his honor and his glory. In other words, we need to steward our time, properly administrate our time in a way that brings glory and honor to him. How do we do that? How, how, how do we accomplish that in our life? Since we really just have a few hours that are actually ours to do something with. Well, first and foremost is that we treat each day as a gift from God. It's not our day. It's not a day that we possess. It's God's day and it's a, God, uh, a gift that God has given to us. Look here in Ephesians chapter 5, what the Bible says. It says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Each and every day, our life are filled with three things. It's very easy to wrap them up into these three categories. That is activity, responsibility, and opportunity. That's everything that goes in our life each and every day. Activity, responsibility, and opportunity. And James admonishes us here in verse 16 to, or or, or, excuse me, uh, Paul does here in verse 16, to make the most of your time. The word that we find there is the word to buy out of or to buy out from. In In the King James Version, it says, redeem the time. If you understand that word, it means to seize the moment to buy it up, to make the most of every second of every day. This verse is very similar to Moses' prayer that we find in Psalm 90 in verse 12, where he says, Teach us to number our days so that we may present to you a heart full of wisdom. In 2022, you were given a certain number of hours outside of your responsibility, outside of what you had to accomplish, outside of your personal hygiene. In 2022, you were given a certain amount of hours. Did you serve God with those hours? Did you take advantage of what he blessed you with, the gift that he gave you to bring honor and glory to him? Did you share your faith with anyone? Did you seize the moments that he provided for you to use your time for his honor and his glory? Did you show the love of Jesus in a practical way outside of just one Saturday for a few hours? Did you seize the moments that God had for you to be his hands and his feet in the lives of other people? Did you make the most of those hours that are yours to make a decision with? If you didn't, then those opportunities, they're like sands in an hourglass. They're lost forever. You can't get those backs back. And they remind us why we're to treat each and every day as a gift that God has graciously given us. A person once said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. Look back up in James chapter 4 and verse 13 with me. Look what, he, look what James says there. He says, he says, come now. Come on, guys. That's really what he's saying there. He's like, hey, I I need your attention here for just a moment. You who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. This is a very interesting illustration that James uses in this passage of Scripture. And he, he really gives us a good picture of how to steward the time that God has given to us. Here in verse 13, he's speaking about some attitudes and he's speaking about some aspirations and some Uh, some ambitions of some merchants in his day. These merchants were very cautious. They were very careful. They were very calculated. They were very, very intentional about the business plan that they had put into and mapped out. It says here that they had constructed a plan. They said today or tomorrow. They had chosen the place. We're gonna go to such and such a city. They calculated the period of time that they were going to be there. And we're going to spend a year there. And they considered the purpose. We're going to engage in business and make a profit. No one would accuse these guys of being lazy. No one accused these guys of being slothful or not not trying to accomplish something here in this world. But something is missing. There's something that's not present in the plans that they're making. Did anybody notice it? Look at that. Read that verse real quick. Read it. There's something that's missing in that. God. They've got the plan. They've made the decision. They've got it. But God is missing in the middle of their plan. Listen again. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. They, desired, they devised a plan, but it was void of God. What James is reminding us in this passage of scripture, when it comes to our time, we can never divorce God from who we are and what we do. Men, we need to listen to that very, very carefully. We have this ability to be able to compartmentalize. That when I'm at work, I do this. And when I'm at home, I do this. And when I'm at church, I do this. And the three never mix together. And that's not true. True. We're the same person in each one of those situations and we either are a man of God in all those situations or we're not a man of God. We can't divorce God from who we are or what we do. And to do that and to to not put God in the center of all the decisions that we make is a very sinful matter. That's what James is communicating in that passage that we often use in verse 17 there in chapter four. He says, therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is a sin. There are those that are in our church family today, and, 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 and some of you know them, and I know them, and, 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 and they should be more faithful to church, but they continue to allow others' plans for their life to dictate what they do instead of God's plans for their life. We know it's a sin. It's a passage that we go to quite often in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, don't forsake our own assembling together as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another. How do we do that? All the more as you see the day approaching by coming together, not forsaking ourselves, but making sure that we're coming together, especially the closer that we get to the return of Christ. There are those that are in our congregation today. There are some of you that are sitting here this morning. And you ought to be serving as a greeter. You ought to be serving as an usher. You ought to be serving in our parking lot ministry. But you don't do it because other things continually get in the way. And here in verse 17, James says, Doing the things that you do without planning and making sure God is in the center of that, he says, Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. James said, Hey, I want to ask you a question. Hey, listen to me. Why do you keep making plans without putting God at the center of those plans? Why are you trying to make resolutions in 2023 without first checking with God about what those resolutions ought to be? Come now. Listen. Hey, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him, it is a sin. God is the producer and God is the predictor of our time. So we have to be good stewards of each and every moment that he gives us to do the plan that he would have us to do to bring honor and glory to him, whether that's in our school or whether that's in our job or whether that's in our home, whatever it is that we're doing, which reminds us of the third principle that I'll share with you this morning. And that is we have to make sure that we apportion our time. That word apportion simply means to divide and share out according to a plan. That's kind of of counterintuitive, Pastor. You just said, don't be making a plan. No, I said, James, doesn't have a problem with us making a plan. But what do we have to make sure is in the middle of that plan? God's in the middle of that plan. And so this plan that we're making, we apportion our time, we divide and share out according to the plan. Listen to this New Year's Prayer. To leave the old with a burst of song, to recall the right and forgive the wrong. To forget the things that bind you fast to the vain regrets of the year that's past. To have the strength to let go your hold of the not worthwhile of the days grown old. To dare go forth with a purpose true to the unknown task of the year that's new. To help your brother along the road to do his work and lift his load. To add your gift to the world's good cheer is to have and to give a happy new year. You see we need to be good stewards of the time that God has given us because it is a precious time. It's a commodity that we need to take care of which calls us to make sure that we apportion our time, to make sure that we're developing a plan. We're not haphazardly just going through life. We have some hours, we have some time. We need to make sure that there's a plan that how that we use that to bring honor and glory to God. And the greatest plan that we can have and the greatest way to kind of surmise the plan to put into place is we just simply need to live according to God's plan. You see, there's so much time that's wasted in each and every one of our lives because we're dealing with guilt and because we're dealing with shame and because we're dealing with regret And there's so much worry and there's so much panic over decisions that we made because we chose to make those decisions outside of what we know God's plan is clearly described for us in the Bible. You see, to the person who knows to do the right thing and they don't do it, it's sin. And sin ushers in these things in our life that causes us to waste a lot of time. And so, what we simply, the best way to apportion the time, the best plan that we could follow is to make sure that we're following God's plan in all that we do. He says here, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills we will live and also do this or that. In other words, there's nothing wrong with making our plans. There's nothing wrong for preparing. There's nothing wrong for forecasting in 2023. However, we should always make sure that those plans are are aware of the fact that ultimately God is in control of the future. God is the one that controls all things and we want to be in line with what the decisions are that we make with what his decisions would be in that situation as well. The old adage says, live like today was the first day of the rest of your life. I submit to you that's not a good way to live. Instead, we need to live like today is the last day of our life. You see, when our life comes to an end, we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account with what we did with those hours that he gave us. What we did with that precious time that he afforded us. How much of it did we waste instead of making a difference in this world, bringing honor and glory to him. We're going to stand before him. And we as, as human beings, when we're like, well, I'm going I'm to make this resolution and I'm going to start it in a week. I'm, I'm going to start my diet on Monday. And then Monday comes and what do we do? We cheat. So we're like, well, I'm gonna start again next Monday. So we eat as much as we can for the next six days because I'm gonna start my diet on Monday. And what happens Monday? I cheat. So in the week from Monday, I'm gonna start again. And I'm 40 pounds heavier before I start my diet than I would have if I would have just started on Tuesday. Amen? You see, that's kind of the way that we do. And so when we begin to think, well, I'm eventually going to live my life. I'm eventually, you know, going to live like, and I'm, no, we start today understanding we're going to be accountable to God with what we do with the time that he's given us. We're going to live longer in eternity than we live here, which causes us to remember our approach to living on this side greatly impacts the eternity that we're going to live on the other side. I'm not talking about the way that we live to earn salvation because we know we cannot do that. But the way that we live today impacts that time that we're going to stand before God. The time that we're going to give an account for what we did. The, 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 the receiving of the crowns that we have the privilege to give back to him. The decisions that we make impact that so much. God is the one ultimately that we are accountable to. Because he's the one that's in charge of our family. He's the one that's in charge of our finances. He's the one that's in charge of our future and our 2023. And so to live life according to our will rather than God's will is an insult to the God that was gracious enough to give us the time that He's given us today. I'll wrap up this morning very simply by sharing with you a, 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 a little bit of a, it's a poem, it's an article that the Baltimore Sun uh, posted after conducting a contest several years ago. Uh, the question was, What would you do if you had? Uh, but one more year to live. And this was the, this was the prose of the, the poem that won the contest. It said, if I had but one year to live, one year to help, one year to give, one year to love, one year to bless, one year of better things to stress, one year to sing, one year to smile, to brighten earth a little while. One year to sing my maker's praise. One year to fill with work my days. One year to strive for a reward when I shall stand before my Lord. I think that I would spend each day in just the very same way that I do now. For from afar, the call may come across the bar at any time... And I must be prepared to meet eternity. So, if I have a year to live, or just one day in which to give, a pleasant smile, a helping hand, a mind that comes to understand a fellow creature when in need, tis one with me I take no heed. But try to live each day he sends to serve my gracious master's end." I'm sure all of us could look back at 2022 and say, "There's some things I regret. Uh, there's some things I'd like a mulligan, a do-over. Uh, I would really like to undo that decision, or or I should have made this decision instead of that." But the but the good news is we're here today. The good news is God has given us 2023 right now. He's given us the opportunity to start today, making the decision to allow Him to be in the midst of all the plans that we make. And armed with these three principles we discussed this morning of appreciating time, stewarding our time, and apportioning our time, then I believe the door will be open for us to, to, to please God by pursuing Him and to love God uh, by loving Him. And for many of us, that will revolutionize uh, our 2023 like it's never been done uh, before. Uh, sometimes people ask me, Pastor, why are you so uh, adamant about... 90% of our Sunday morning uh, worshipers attending an ABF class because that's the way that we stay focused on keeping our time the way it ought to be for God. Uh, why do I ask 75% of those of, uh, of those that go to ABF on Sunday morning to come back on Sunday night and be a part of ORBC University? Because that's just more equipping. That's just more opportunity to be able to grow and to understand Uh, God's plan for our life and to be able to make sure that we're using all that we do for his honor and his glory. Why do I ask you to come to kindness culture at least three times a year? Um, Because that's where we learn and we're equipped to go out into the community and and understand we can approach people and we can talk to people and we can use the hours that he gives us in order to touch people other people's lives. Why do I want, you know, kiddos, why do I want you guys to be here on Sunday morning, on Sunday night for ORBC University, and back on Wednesday night so that Zachariah can speak into your world because he'll teach you to value the opportunities that you have. Uh, I tell people all the time, you're not our future leaders. You're our leaders today. You lead in your community, you lead in your school, you lead in your home in ways that nobody else can do. And you can't wait, time will pass you by, and get equipped later, you to be equipped now to do those things. So uh, as you're being dismissed this morning, Chris and team are going to come out, and we're going to have a final time of worship, and uh, Joel Battle is going to lead us in a final time of prayer. Um, but as we're being dismissed this morning, uh, I hope that uh, 2023 and starting it off the way that God would want you to do that, it will include, if it doesn't already, uh, being part of worship on a regular basis, uh, being part of an ABF class, uh, coming back on Sunday nights to be a part of ORBC University. Uh, out, out in the front, there's a QR code and all of the different offerings and things that we're going to be uh, offering. Uh, starting on the 15th, will be available to you to begin signing up for that. Uh, go ahead and do that if you're going to be a part of that. That gives us an opportunity to assign rooms. Uh, that, that's an issue uh, when we uh, try to get the rooms assignment going on because trying to find the right ones for everybody. But it gives us a head start. Uh, to be to be able to do those kind of things i, I just want 2023 uh, to be the best year that it can possibly be for you and for your family for our church as we incorporate god in everything that we do so if you're here this morning and there's something that that you're not sure is right in your life and and you want to deal with that today um, i want you to know that i'm here at the front and would love to visit with you about those things uh, at the end of our service we'll have some family members over here that have a sign that says how may i help you Uh, They'd love to visit with you. Maybe you're ready to call Oak Ridge Baptist uh, to your church next Sunday. We're gonna have the privilege to be able to participate uh, with those that are gonna be doing believers baptism. And if you've never made that decision, we'd love to invite you to be a part of that. Just know you're in a safe place this morning and whatever that you need to do to be ready to revolutionize 2023, this is a place to do it at. Father, we love you today and we're grateful for uh, your word and we're grateful for the opportunity that you give us to be able to open it Lord, we're thankful for the country that we live in today, that uh, we have the freedom. Uh, We're not uh, hassled. We're not afraid today to be here and opening these words. And we pray uh, that we'll take advantage of that, be good stewards of that opportunity that you've given us to be equipped to be the salt and light that you've called us to be. I pray as we worship you right now that we'll do so in spirit and in truth. And if there's something that's keeping us from doing that, that we'll be genuine and that we'll be truthful in our hearts to you and we'll settle that before we leave here today. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen.